Hey, hello, I'm Tommy Chong. If you want something really nice in your laboratory, buy Durachill. I'm telling you, if you're not using this Durachill, you're not really in the pot business. You're just on the fringe of it. So if you really want to get serious, man, this is what you need. You need a Durachill in your life. You've got the technology here to have the cleanest, purest, healthiest product. I'm impressed. You want me to sell this? Buy it. Try Durachill or else. If your chiller's down, you ain't making money. And you heard it from me, Tommy Chong. Brought to you by PolyScience. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. This is Patricia Miller, Managing Editor of Cannabis and Tech Today. Let's talk about digital signage. You can see it in nearly every dispensary across the country. Uh, you want to see the menu board, the potency, pricing. I'm sure you're familiar with the tech, but what is it really doing? Is it just a glorified digital photo frame? There's actually a lot of cool technology going on behind the scenes with these digital signage options. And today we're going to talk with the co-founder, CEO, and chairman of Enlighten, Mr. Jeremy Jacobs. Thanks for joining us, Jeremy. Thanks for, for having me. I guess to begin with, I'd love to know a little bit about how you actually came to join the, the cannabis space. What oh, of- sure. Sure. So uh, how did I end up in the cannabis business? I think that's always a good question. And the stories, like, like many others, uh, I did the exact same type of uh, work outside of cannabis on a company called Iconic that's been building digital signage, digital menus, interactive kiosk, and, you know, basically consumer touch points that are at retail locations. I've been doing that now for 15 years. I'm actually the guy that put the first digital menu, like the TV menus you see now that are very popular in restaurants. The first one ever put in was put in by my company, Iconic, uh, in a place called David's Steakhouse in Corbin, Kentucky, back all the way in 2008. And Cisco Foods uh, began to sell my digital menus early on. I think it was 2010 when they started to do that, January 2010. Uh, And I had a rep in Denver, Colorado that would work with the Cisco Foods house there and meet with its restaurant customers. And he called me one day and he says, hey, some friends of mine are opening a a legal cannabis dispensary. This was roughly eight years ago when when, uh, cannabis went recreationally legal for the first time in Denver and in Colorado. And he says, what do you think about making digital menus and kiosks and things like that for the marijuana industry? And I was, I've been a huge advocate my entire life, you know, a self-prescribed medicated user, if you will. And I said, I, that sounds like probably the most interesting thing ever. It it couples a plant that I believe very much in and technology that I have a great passion for and and makes them one. And, and that was really the beginning of, of getting started. Wow. What an amazing journey. And yeah, I mean, it's incredible to speak with the the person who put in the very first digital signage because it's so pervasive. It is. You know, I remember when we first got started in digital signage, mainly all of what anyone was doing were just like ad boards. And it was either an ad board at like an airport that promoted other people's products and services or like an ad board in your office that just flipped through a slideshow, if you will. It was an overglorified slideshow, almost like those digital picture frames. You know what I'm talking about where you load a memory card in the side? Essentially, that was it. And that, and in my opinion, you know, that was the first actual practical application of a digital sign beyond just being a, a, a massive digital picture frame. 
and and you know now we make interactive directories and there's just all sorts of digital signage products that are extremely useful in the real world uh, and, and so that's, you know, just it began that industry and it's now the most widely adopted type of digital signage or digital TV menus. Wow. So when people come to you seeking your products, what is the main challenge they're trying to overcome? Like, what, Yeah, so yeah. great, great question. And, um, and really, that's how I lead Enlighten is through consumer challenges. You know, rather than, hey, let's make a product and then figure out somebody to sell it to, which I think a lot of businesses are built that way. You know, we're fortunate, uh, you know, from a capital standpoint and a human resource and a time standpoint to take a, a very much more sensitive approach and say, what are challenges that our potential customers are facing and how do we solve those challenges? And in cannabis, there's really two of them. Uh, the first one is has less to do with retail. It was the first one identified when I got to Denver. I was telling you a story a second ago about, you know, us moving into cannabis in Denver. So to continue that story, I show up in Denver and I start looking around and uh, cannabis dispensary there in Denver actually was adopting sections of highway and they're to put their logo on the sign. And I asked Ted, I said, Ted, why are they doing that? Why are they adopting all these highways? He said, there's nowhere that they can advertise. The billboard companies won't take their money. Most of the magazines won't take their money. They can't buy radio ads. They can't buy TV ads. They can't buy digital web ads. There's nowhere for these cannabis companies to advertise. So literally, they'll get as creative as adopting a highway so their logo is on the side of the streets. And so that was really the first problem we started to look at is how do we create advertising real estate that's compliant you know, from a legal standpoint, but also productive for the marketing efforts of cannabis dispensaries and our ad suite product, I think really solves that. You know, we built a, a network of screens and a thousand cannabis dispensaries across the country in Canada and Puerto Rico and Jamaica and, and places like that. Uh, and so we afford brands that opportunity to market directly to consumers right at the point of purchase where it matters the most. And then for the dispensaries and as, as well as the brands, we also now have our own self-service digital platform. So think going to Facebook, you can buy ads on their, you know, on their digital platform. We've created a platform to where if you want to market to cannabis consumers, you can buy web and mobile ads on major publications like sportsillustrated.com and gq.com and all these really popular websites and apps that target specific cannabis customers. So I think ad suite really, uh, you know, focuses on that challenge of as a cannabis company that wants to market, how do I do that since Facebook won't take my money and Google won't take my money and they cancel my ads and, you know, it seems impossible. So that's one of the challenges. And then really the other one uh, is our retail technology platform called Smart Hub. The challenge that it solved that we, that we identified was that these cannabis retailers have a big problem because they have these really tiny, small batches of product. Like you grow a pound of cannabis and it's 24% THC. And then the next pound is like 27%. So you don't actually get to sell that. You know, let's just say it was a sour diesel. You don't get to sell that sour diesel as just sour diesel. Imagine that Hardee's every time like more beef comes in to make burgers, instead of just, this is the third of pound burger. It's like, this is a third pound burger batch lot number one, two, zero. And then here in a few minutes, we'll be out of that beef. And now we're on batch lot one, two, nine, you know, it's the same concept. So nowhere in the world do you have these tiny little batches that move at extreme velocity. So if you talk to a retailer and you say, what, what is that problem? Does that cause all my menus are out of date. The TV menu has products on there. I don't have any more. My online menus have products on there. I don't actually have in stock anymore. My kiosks have products on there. I don't have in stock anymore. 
And so SmartUp created an ecosystem and an infrastructure for the retailers to use that ensures that if you're, as long as you're using one of the popular POS systems we're integrated with, your inventory at all these consumer facing endpoints is actually accurate. So you don't have confused customers and upset people that are like, why do I keep ordering things that aren't in stock? Your staff is not burdened by that. And it really solves that, that issue there. Wow. That's so comprehensive. And is that, um, I guess that would be one of the things that makes you unique from, from your competitors. Maybe you could kind of expand on, what differentiates Enlighten from um, similar companies? Yeah, so, you know, I think if you, and I get this question a lot, like who do you see as your competitors? And holistically, we don't have any competitors, and, and, but individual in individual sectors, we do. And I'll explain what I mean. So, you know, from a holistic standpoint, Enlighten is the only company in cannabis that touches the entire consumer journey. So as a, as a consumer, you know, you start off by getting a web ad or getting some sort of advertisement that prompts you to want to get off the couch and then go to a store. And then once you're in the store, you're influenced by kiosk and digital signage and digital menus on what to purchase. And then once you leave again, you then get retargeted in a, in a consumer journey and dragging you back into that store. And no one else really handles that entire customer journey. You know, we, nobody has all the in-store retail technology as well as the advertising mechanisms to, to drive, you know, their consumer behavior back to store. So we really handle the customer from the beginning of the customer journey where we actually start to create them as a customer for a dispensary or a brand, all the way to putting them in that loop where they come in and return and return and buy and buy again. And we influence that consumer during an entire journey. So nobody really does that. From a retail technology standpoint, though, you know, we do, there are a few people out there that, you know, make digital menus or kiosks. There's still a couple left. We, we bought a lot of the companies in the space and, and merged with them. Uh, there's a few. And, and I guess the, the real difference is just is strictly technology. You know, I've been doing this for 15 years. And so our tech is just incredibly good. We have great software engineers. We really look at the problem itself. And, you know, like I said earlier, rather than just creating a product and then trying to sell it, we actually were able to look at customers and say, what is the problem? Let's make a product and then you'll you'll want it from us. We don't have to sell it to you. You're going to ask us for it. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, that's a big difference is our technology really solves the problem. doesn't really just band-aid a situation. And then from the advertising side, you know, the companies that we compete with there, uh, you know, that either have, uh, you know, digital screens in stores or also do web and, and mobile type advertising. I think it's the same answer. You know, the, the technology that we have, uh, we're at the control that we have, the ability we're capable of, of reporting back to our customers of here's what you paid for and here's what you got and the ease and ability our technology affords them to go in and do it themselves. Like you don't have to talk to a guy and he's like the, you know, the, the Wizard of Oz, you know, the wizard behind the curtain that's pulling the levers and stuff. No, we put that power in your hands. You're able to go into a platform and execute, you know, a purchase just like you would on Google or Facebook or wherever that you're buying advertisements and then literally get to see those results as they're coming in in real time. And I don't think anybody, you know, nobody really offers that. You noted um, on your website that you're one of the largest providers of technology solutions for the industry. Sure. What has that um, experience kind of taught you about the cannabis space, seeing it from that perspective? 
Yeah, I mean, when you get to 1,500 clients, you know, and it's probably bigger than that. That was a number I had a few months ago. We might even be at the 2,000 mark at this point. I'm not sure. But, you know, but when you get to this number of clients, you you get to see and hear from a lot of people. I've personally been in a 1,000 cannabis dispensaries in the last eight years or more. And, and it's in an equally large amount of, of grows and cultivations and manufacturing facilities. And so sort of what you have to do when you have that much exposure is to be a good steward of the industry is sort of listen for the echo. Like, what is it that you keep hearing over and over and over and over from all these people? And, and that's sort of, you know, when I was talking earlier about how we identify the problems, that's where they come from is what is that echo? And so, I, you know, I think that cannabis's challenge that it has right now is also its great future. And it's, it's going to be continued integration, integration of all these different technologies. The cannabis retailers and the cannabis brands are demanding more from their technology than like, let's say, the liquor industry, which is a good parallel. I know a lot of people use that parallel. You know, in liquor, there's no technology integrated so well that the marketers for the for the beverage companies that are making the beverages actually know what's going on at retail levels in real time and are able to adjust things. And, and change what's on digital signage and change the marketing messages that are going out digitally and mobily. And, and in cannabis, those things are, are getting really, really close. You know, they, these, these consumers, when I say consumers, the business owners of retail and brands have sort of forced that on us. And so that's, that's what's happening right now. And it's its challenge and it's its great treasure at the end is I think we're all really, really close to that. And, and that's one of the things I stay close to, to try to make sure I'm developing technology and infrastructure that will help facilitate that great merger of all this information so that it gets in the right hands of the right people at the right time. I can appreciate that. Um, as you know, this piece will be highlighted in the Michigan tech zone. So I wonder if maybe there are any specific um, maybe characteristics about, about Michigan that you feel might make an ideal fit for your solutions, even though it seems like I think really any market would benefit. <laughs> well, they, they, they would, but I'll tell you, there is, there is something special about Michigan. It's not completely unique, but it's recreational. And, you know, in a rec market, that's where we really see tremendous lift with our products. Like, for example, the, the lift we see as an average uh, when people use our smart hub platform for their digital in-store TV menus, we see an average of about a 5% increase in cart totals. And that's substantial if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're making these people money, not really costing them money. But in the rec markets are the ones that are carrying that average higher. The medical markets don't see quite 5%, but the recreational markets are seeing greater than a 5% increase in car totals. And so because you are a recreational market, there's a lot of lift that you can gain from really having a focus on that in-store experience. And just think about it. Think about all the stores you go to. You know, you go into a shopping mall, think about the stores that draw you in. You know, Bath and Body Works has that gigantic video wall back there that's promoting certain things. Well, take a look at people's carts. That's what they're leaving with, are those things. And so implementing those, but also for Michigan, since they're wreck, you're in really tough competition now. And because this is just like any other retail. And so marketing has got to be something that you think about. There's a lot of licenses in Michigan. There's a lot of competition. People don't have to shop at your store. You know, they can go down the street and shop at another store. It's really simple. There are a lot of dispensaries. And so you, you've got to stay top of mind in, in these consumers' minds. And so looking at some of these ad solutions that we have is sort of a necessity if you're going to compete. And so that's what I would encourage Michigan to do is, you know, you're recreational now. This isn't like medical cannabis. This is now like traditional retail. And so look at 
and, and get in that mindset like you're a traditional retailer. We're going to take a quick sponsor break to pay the bills. And when we get back, you'll hear more from Jeremy Jacobs. Every cultivator knows that facility design can make or break your grow. So why not choose the team with over 15 years of experience in the industry? Cerna Cultivation Technologies provides floor plan and architectural services, comprehensive HVACD equipment, lighting and benching, and so much more, all within your budget. It's time to grow your way. Go to Cerna.com, that's S-U-R-N-A.com to learn more. With all of the experience you've got in, in technology in this sector, are you seeing any key areas that are still kind of lacking that technological innovation? Yeah, I think I think it touched on it a minute ago, uh, you know, which is these these companies want everything integrated. Right. Uh, you know, the, that's the first word out of a customer. Now, well, do you integrate with this other thing I got? So when we're in a sales process with a customer and educating them about our products, that's like one of the first questions. And so, again, you know, I think I think that big challenge is to complete this integration circle. And let me give you an example of what I mean. So our Smarto product, I'm about to release, um, you know, a, a new version of Smart Hub, which is coming out, big launch in April. You'll, trust me, you'll read about it, hear about it, see about it. We might as well talk about it now. Uh, and, and what it does is it is that infrastructural piece. It is that, that hub, if you will, Smart Hub, that allows for this integration to occur. So just look at it this way. If there's 30 major POS companies, and then there's like 10 listing services, like the Weed Maps, Jane's Dutchies, whoever of the world where, you know, you can create an e-commerce site and they bring customers to these dispensaries. And you got to get 30 POS companies to integrate with 10 other technology companies for listing. 30 times 10 is 300, right? So that's a big challenge. And that's something that the industry is struggling with. That's a lot of development time. That's a lot of human resources where effort is being replicated. But with this new change that we're making, you don't have to have that many. 30 POS companies, which have already integrated, have to do integrations. And then 10 listing services, you will have to do integrations. And they can now all talk to each other. And so instead of having to have 300 integrations to allow that communication to occur, which we're not even close to that in the cannabis space, now you only have to have 40 and we're almost done with all 40 of them. And so that's a challenge that I think is out there in the marketplace. And, you know, that's how we're focusing to, to solve it. You mentioned um, Smart Hub on the horizon. Are there other projects or services that you're launching uh, in the future that you might like to highlight in this future? Yeah, I think Smart Hub 2.0, what I just talked about, you know, this this open API that lets everybody in the cannabis community connect with everybody else in the cannabis community and from a data standpoint, I think that's a big one. Uh, and then our other product, Ad Suite, I think you're just going to see continued improvements there uh, that we're excited about. You know, our customers are saying, hey, give me more robust, better reporting. So that's things that are coming out in the next few months. So I don't think you're going to see from Enlightened really in any near-term future, any new products. We've got two incredibly great products, AdSuite and Smart Hub, and we're just going to continue to improve solving that issue for cannabis. And so, you know, if anybody's out there listening and watching, I would just watch for these product updates because if you're saying to people, hey, I wish we could do this, well, it's likely going to come out in an update in Smart Hub or AdSuite soon enough because we are listening and we are making in those adjustments. That is so exciting. Um, I guess lastly, I'll ask, um, how do you sort of see the the cannabis industry evolving? What's what's the future look like to you? 
Yeah, the, the, well, the future looks a lot like normal retail, you know. Um, and what's interesting about it is, is I think it's going to really lend from two things. One is what we're selling in these dispensaries are undeniably consumer packaged goods. So the brands are going to start looking more like, you know, this Johnson & Johnson approach of how do we develop a brand of this product and that product that really speaks to that consumer and then how do we market that product in the same sort of ways that traditional CPG does. And we're seeing certain marketers that are doing that. And, and we can tell you which ones are on the forefront because of the ones we're getting calls from. They're saying, hey, we see you guys got tools we can use. And they're getting a leg up with those tools. And so I think that's going to continue until, you know, cannabis is not any different than any other consumer package good. The retail side, though, you know, I think I've identified, you know, really where it's headed and the faster that the industry embraces it, the better off they are, it's going to look a lot like restaurants have evolved. So, so what do I mean by that? So, and I think it already does. And so people just need to embrace the technology, but you go into a restaurant, let's just say McDonald's, for example, you got a lot of ways you can interact with McDonald's. You can go through the drive-thru. You can go in and actually talk to a person. You can go in and punch on a kiosk. You can, in the parking lot, get out an app and order there. You can stay home and get on Uber Eats or DoorDash or Postmates and order for McDonald's. Mm -hmm. And so there's just a lot of ways a consumer can engage with McDonald's. If you look at cannabis, it's not any different. You know, we're already putting kiosks in stores. We've already got some customers that are doing drive-thrus in areas where that's legal. There's already the model where you walk in and talk to somebody. These stores already have e-commerce that you can order right on your phone. And then those listing services like Uber Eats and DoorDash, they're just called Weed Mats and Leafly and Jane and Dutchie in the cannabis business. They just have different names. And so, I, you know, one of the things I would encourage retailers to do is really look at that and say, we're a restaurant. That's what we are. We sell consumer packaged goods where a restaurant doesn't. But that's, that's what we are, and we need to behave that way so that we afford our customers whatever buying experience they want. Because maybe you like to stand in line, Tricia. I don't. I just want to tap on the kiosk and then see my name pop up on the cue board and grab my things and leave. And so, you know, meeting the customer at how they want to be met is fundamentally one of the most important things a retailer can do in the future. Wow. It's such a pleasure to speak with a professional with so much expertise um, who really, I feel like you have such a, an accurate vision of, of where the industry is heading. I'm really excited to put this together and kind of share that with our readers. So I so appreciate it, Jeremy. I appreciate those kind words. I really do. And, and anytime, anytime you guys want to talk, I, you know, I'd love to, to kind of share my thoughts and spread knowledge. I feel like if knowledge is locked up in a box, nobody gains from that. But when it's spread, like the entire village becomes smarter and, you know, the, the saying, a rising tide lifts all boats. You know, I didn't get into cannabis because I needed something else to do. I, I have other businesses. I got into cannabis because I want to make a change. And so the only way to make a change is, is really to spread that knowledge and, and focus on the problems. And so anytime you guys want to chat, any panels you're doing, anything of that nature, just let me know. I, I would love to be involved. I love that. I really will keep that in mind. Thanks again. That's all for today's episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. If you'd like to hear more about emerging cannabis technology, feel free to follow us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pick up the latest issue of Cannabis and Tech Today in Barnes & Noble retailers across the country. And until next time, this has been Patricia Miller, signing off.